Time to get into the show now. Rural Queensland today for this 3rd of July as the rain tumbles down across the northwest and central west and southwest of Queensland. Former Ag4 CEO Charles Burke will lead an independent review of Queensland's drought declaration process. And this report will be handed back to Queensland Agricultural Minister Mark Ferner later this year. With former Queensland Farmers Federation CEO Ruth Wade, Charles co-chaired the 2019 Drought Programs Review, which pledged this review of local drought committee systems. Now, uh, Charles joins me this morning on Rural Queensland today. Uh, Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Andrew, and it's good to hear that there's some um, rain um, across um, parts of Queensland this morning. That's um, that's always good news. Yeah, look, some um, falls up to 100 mils around Mount Isa, uh, 40 plus mils in Cloncurry, around 50 mils in Winton in the past uh, about 15 hours, and of course it's slowly moving its way through Longreach and uh, heading down towards that Rome away. So uh, it is good, but um, look, as always, drought is a topical. Uh, topic out here in the west uh, with Queensland now than less than 10% in drought um, this is quite a timely review of Queensland's drought declaration process well it is uh, timely um, and that's that's a good thing um, when as you say Ruth Wade and I uh, did the uh, major part of, of a review of Queensland drought policies in 2019 we were acutely aware at the time that um, the declaration process um, that was in place uh, needed to be looked at, but um, it needed to be done at the right time. And then along came COVID, um, and you know that basically put that on hold for a while. So it is very timely, uh, so that it does match up with the new reforms and the new Queensland drought um, policies that are in place now. It will match up now um, to do that review. I mean, a simple question. How do you declare when, when an area is in drought? Well, it's, um, it's, it's quite a process. Um, we currently have a system um, that has uh, been in place for well over 30 years. Um, it lined up with the original um, drought assistance scheme, um, and that uh, relies on um, weather data, um, and that's provided by a number of different um, respected sources. And then um, we have what we call local drought committees, um, where you have producers um, from a particular area, and then they um, provide um, input into that process. Generally, generally um, at the end of each wet season, um, they meet uh, and you know provide that input um, to the, uh, I guess, the data. All that is is matched, and then um, a declaration. If it if it's deemed to be a drought, a declaration is then made um, for that area to go um, into a drought um, declared area. And I reference an area uh, such as the Paru Shire. I think they were one of the first ones to come out of drought late late last year. And then in my travels, just six short months later in, in April, you, you have a look around and and you think, wow. Um, Where's the feed gone? Where's all the rain gone? And can, can that process happen quickly, you know, in and out of drought uh, in a short period of time? Well, yeah, <clears throat> this is um, one of the, the, I guess, the issues that um, has always been um, contentious, um, that you can have uh, data um, that supports 
a good season in in a big area, um, and there'll be pockets of of a of, a, of an area that mm. um, misses out. And yes, um, that that can can often happen. Uh, and to the naked eye, it might appear that there's a part of a, a local area that might very well be in drought, but the rest of it isn't. Um, you can get individual drought declarations in, yep. in those instances. Um, so um, that process is reasonably quick. Um, but for a whole area, um, obviously, um, there needs to be a little bit more rigour in uh, determining uh, if it is, in fact, in drought. Uh, and that is supported by data and the input from people on the local drought committee. We've spoken about who's going to be involved, you know, stakeholders and existing members of the local councils. Um, Charles, what will your review entail and what are the things you're going to be looking at mostly? Oh, well, we're just going to look at, um, and yes, you're right, we're going to um, um, talk to stakeholders. Um, We're going to seek input from current members of the local drought committees. We're going to seek input from... Um, industry groups. Um, we're going to seek uh, input from um, members of local government and, and other um, uh, individuals or groups that, that have a stake in, um, you know, understanding and, and participating in what draft declarations look like. Um, we're going to consult um, and seek information um, and basically um, work out um, what the future will look like with regards to declarations of drought and how that matches up with the current offer of government uh, initiatives. Um, There are some of those initiatives that are new um, that support primary producers that actually don't need a drought declaration, but there are others that still do, and we need to make sure that we have something that's contemporary that matches the policy. And bear in mind, this, this existing process... Um, is well over 30 years old. So I think it's you know fair and reasonable to say that um, in a 30-year period you need to stop and, and look at whether that process is still valid uh, and whether it matches the, the existing or the new um, program. And we know there's plenty of good assistance out there through the drought period. I think um, Q-Rider and th- those type of um, places offer really good loans, etc. But is there any more practical or uh, other suggestions you've got in when it comes to drought relief? Well, um, drought um, is um, looked at a bit differently um, now. Obviously, um, there are there are lots of... Um, uh, different measures that are available to primary producers, but that they're available um, all day, every day, that help people um, prepare um, uh, and persist and recover from drought. Um, it's not just necessarily uh, an in-event support <coughs> mechanism. Um, so there are lots and lots of different programs that are already available, um, and I think we did, <coughs> excuse me, a good... Um, job of of investigating all those things in 2019 and um, there's always going to be refinements to those and there are a lot of other programs that are currently available for in-event support that are provided by other agencies within the Queensland Government such as, um, you know, power, bill relief, for irrigators and, um, you know, transport um, initiatives that provide assistance, rent relief on, on, on state-owned land. So there's a whole host of 
things that are available, and in some cases, um, climate producers may not even be aware that they're um, available. Is there a place to go to to find out what is available? Is there a, is there a sort of a generic site where you can see um, those type of things? What what is available? Well, uh, the Department of Agriculture and Fisheries um, certainly have um, all that available. Where uh, and that was something that we made a, a point of in our review in 2019, providing a readily available information. Mm. And DAP has that. Um, QRider also um, have. Um, uh, the ability to provide that information as well. Charles Burke, thanks for your time this morning and uh, all the best with your uh, review. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. Good to talk to you. This is Rural Queensland Today. Up next is the AgForce CEO, Mike Guren, with his, his thoughts on the uh, drought process as well. You're tuned, in to re, uh, you're tuned in to Rural Queensland Today across the Resonate Broadcast Network.